that's so braven. If you don't listen to this podcast, do you know what happens? You get it. Okay. I feel good about that. <laughs> This is Ben Raven with the Court of Nerds Network, and you are uh, listening to That's So Braven, the wrestling and whatever I feel like podcast offshoot of the Court of Nerds Podcast Network. I was going to record this earlier on Monday or Sunday night, but I am so glad that I decided to wait until after Monday Night Raw because we've got even more to talk about. Of course, I'm talking about the WWE Dot com confirmed decision to co-brand all pay-per-views starting with the first pay-per-view after WrestleMania 34. And then we need to talk about that two-hour-long gauntlet match and Seth Rollins' historic performance in that going for more than an hour in the ring. We'll get to all of that here in a second, but uh, a word from our sponsors. Hey guys, it's Drew. Tom and Chi Granville is back with some impressive meal deals. Here's what you can look forward to if you stop by and get cheesy. If you're always searching for the kids' menu, look no further than Tom and Chi, where kids under 12 eat free from 4 to 8 p.m. every Tuesday. Or enjoy half-off grilled cheese donuts every Wednesday from 4 to 8 p.m. And if you download the free Tom and Chi app, pop in every Thursday and get $3 classic grilled cheese sandwiches. Tom and Chi is also proud to support Chia. I think that's how I say it. A locally made vegan cheese that tastes so good, cows are starting to get jealous. Find Tom and Chi on 44th Street in Granville near Cabela's. All right, I have been waiting to get into this one since WWE.com announced over the weekend that after WrestleMania, Raw and SmackDown Live would each share pay-per-views. Every single pay-per-view. Backlash, Money in the Bank, Extreme Rules, so on and so forth. Every pay-per-view, not just the big four, would be split by Raw and SmackDown Live. Now, this this upset me greatly. This upset me greatly. It feels like WWE continues to take one step forward and two steps back with decisions like this. They have made a similar mistake to this twice in the last 18 years, and they're doing it once again, just a year and a half removed from the brand split. Now, to me, the main reason for the brand split was to, one, more spots for more people. Two, give each show its own identity, its own roster, its own champions, its own setup, its own stories, its own identity, taking away the Raw and SmackDown Live branded pay-per-views kills that identity portion of this. Every show is going to be most likely multiple world title matches, multiple tag matches, multiple tag champion matches, multiple women championship matches, multiple mid-card championship matches. Now, we're spots for guys like Ty Dillinger and Zack Ryder, Mojo Riley, and Jinder Mahal, Randy Orton, Bray Wyatt, Matt Hardy, the Revival, tag teams, mid-card guys. We're spots for them on the pay-per-views. Now, we're either going to see less guys on the show, or we're going to see less story and just more multi-person match like we've seen since October. That's scary to me. That's scary to me. This decision, to me, seems so illogical 
and completely defeats the purpose of the brand split. It just feels like, hey, so much for that extra time for the plethora of talent. It's got its WWE has its largest, most talented roster that it's ever had with SmackDown Live, Raw, and NXT, and they're limiting spots for these guys. They're taking away pay-per-view spots for these guys. They're taking away bigger paychecks. They're taking away more spotlight, and it just it just feels like we're reverting to once again where we were right before WrestleMania 30. Uh, and then also on two separate occasions, uh, I forget when that one happened. I'm thinking that one happened after. That's right. It was uh, WrestleMania 19, WrestleMania 20, WrestleMania 21, and WrestleMania 22. I felt like that was the height of the Raw and SmackDown brand split up until they started sharing shows again. I, 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 loved, I love Raw having their own pay-per-views. I love SmackDown having their own pay-per-views. I just think that's an idea that works, and I think that it goes hand-in-hand hand hand with the brand split. I hate the idea of two world title matches on every single card. I hate the idea of two tag team title matches on every single card. It just kind of kills the meaning behind those championships. You know, one is going to be the one is not going to be the main event. And most of the time, sorry, but then now and forever Raw is the number 1 show and SmackDown is the number 2 show. Putting both of these brands on the same pay-per-view, the Raw one is probably going to overshadow the SmackDown one just by instinct. I, I just think it devalues the SmackDown television show and the brand as a whole big time. SmackDown is the clear number two show, then, now, and forever. Watch for a big ratings drop there, because why watch a secondary show with secondary titles when there is so much product to be watched throughout the week? I'm sorry, it's going to be 205 Live and SmackDown that takes the fall when people are looking at what shows that they have to cut out of their schedules because there's so much wrestling. <sighs> Even though that they are taking away pay-per-view shows, it's just going to be, I don't know, I, I feel like, this just feels like it's going to really mess things up to me. I just feel like, what's going to happen to feuds that don't make it on the pay-per-view? Are there going to be more payoff matches on the weekly shows? That's interesting. Then you're giving away potential pay-per-view content for free. And, I don't know, I just feel like, it, there's a possibility that the number two singles feud on SmackDown won't make the pay-per-view. Huh, I don't know. It just feels like way too big of a roster, way too much talent to make such an ill-calculated change like this. I just feel like so many more people will be left in the dust with, left in the dust with no pay-per-view time to spare. More fields will die without a story or a conclusion as there are only so many spots on the card. Pay-per-views are meant to do payoff matches. It's just painfully illogical. I just, um, I'm blown away by the potential thinking and I don't want... Let me just make this clear. I don't need or want two pay-per-views each month. Rotate months or rotate shows. Meet up at the big four. They did that, like I said, WrestleMania 19 to WrestleMania 22. And then I think every brand started co-hosting shows around that period. And I, I felt like that was the perfect split. I don't know. It's just like... <laughs> Here in the sixth hour of Great Balls of Fire, we are in our eighth championship match and not even at the main event of the night. It's the biggest Great Balls of Fire show of all time. But to scare me off even more is Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observable Newsletter who is saying that each show could be four hours long. That's right, four hours main card, one hour pre-show. We're not even talking big four. That's a lot of wrestling. I think I already said that. I'm just kind of, I don't know. I don't know. It just, it just feels like this. I just say either keep the brand split with their own pay-per-views or have there be one big brand and make it work. 
you know, with one championship, one tag team championship, one women's championship, 205 Live, get rid of either one of the U.S. or the Intercontinental title, please the U.S. title. It's just, it's just, man, I, I, if we're going to share pay-per-views, I don't want two world champions. I don't want two tag team champions. Like, I just want that to be clear. When that happens, <coughs> excuse me, when this kind of setup is going on, when this Raw SmackDown pay-per-view sharing format is going on, we get matches like Alberto Del Rio and Jack Swagger for the World Heavyweight title at WrestleMania. It didn't feel like a big match then. It didn't feel like a, it doesn't feel like a big match now. It will never feel like a big match. That is what happens to one of these titles on the main show. It is heavily overshadowed. It is forgotten. There is no story to it. It just devalues the title as a whole. Two world title matches on every pay-per-view which one am i supposed to care about more which one is more important i thought these were both as as important as each other if they were if they ugh, if they were both the same of the same importance why is one going on last and one going on at 8 45 p.m that's all i'm saying that's all i'm saying i i just think that they should rotate shows it doesn't have to be every two weeks it doesn't have to be two shows a month i'm sure you'll run into it once or twice like we do in the late fall here usually but I'm just worried about guys. You know, I mean, that's a lot of spots. They're losing. Hopefully they keep coming up with things like Mixed Match Challenge because you're going to have to get guys on TV if you're not getting them on pay-per-views. They're going to really start to slip. Now, I know a lot of people are going to combat me with saying they're not going to be able to fit everything on the card with saying, well, they're adding an extra hour to the main card. That's just per Meltzer's reports on the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. He's saying that, they're going to extend the uh, B pay-per-views to four hours long so that they can fit all the talent on both cards. That still devalues it to me. We're still seeing the same level championship matches twice, and that's just not good to me. It's not good to me. That's too much wrestling. That's too many championship matches. That's so... It's just too much to handle. You're telling me every feud basically... Ugh. I just... I. I I'm terrified of what this is going to do. I hate what happens to the product. The two times I have taken a long-term break from wrestling or when things like this happened, I hated when I hate when pay-per-views have two world title matches, unless it's one of the big four, because then I can justify it. And I'm just so tired of the multi-person matches. I'm just so tired of the absence of one-on-one -on -one intense rivalries. Everybody's either friends or everybody hates each other. It just It's goofy to me. It's goofy. I don't get it at all. I don't get it at all. So it, it also takes away more content from the WWE Network. You're taking away two to four shows each year when you do this. Load that schedule up. Load that schedule up. My goodness. Seriously, get more people on that network. I don't know. We'll see here. But um, we'll have to keep an eye out for changes to the time and the length of the shows and stuff like that before we really get into it. But um, there's still time to change our minds here. Let's hope that... They get some real feedback here and say, hey, maybe putting two world championship matches on every single pay-per-view isn't good for one of those championships and or both. So that's how we end up with just a guy carrying two belts for six months and then they design a new title. I don't know. I, I, there's a better solution than that. There's just a better solution than that. But let's go into the positive news because I am so jealous of my friends Corey Anker, Marty Wavasis, and Mikey McCoy who were in Phoenix last night for Monday Night Raw and got to see one of the more unique, interesting, historic episodes in the show's 25 years. 
right off the bat, we start with Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins to start the big seven-man gauntlet match of the guys who are going to compete in this upcoming Sunday's Raw Elimination Chamber match to decide who will face Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. Roman and Seth went for more than 30 minutes themselves. Seth gets a W over Roman. What a match. One-on-one match between Roman and Seth. It was really cool to see Seth go over. Cena comes out next, and Cena and Seth go for more than 30 minutes. And Seth pins Cena after taking an absolute beating. He is doing the Omega selling. He can't stand on his feet. He's falling down and leaning on Cena. He's just... He's selling a thigh and knee injury. I mean, Seth is putting on a selling clinic and a cardio clinic. They don't call him CrossFit Jesus for nothing because this dude wrestled for the first hour and eight minutes of Monday Night Raw, finally get eliminating by the third man to come in, Elias. Now... Seth Rollins made history with that, with history, with him going, excuse me, one hour and five minutes. That is the longest amount of time any WWE superstar has spent in a match during Raw's 25-year history. That is longer than John Cena and Shawn Michaels in London. That is longer than anybody has ever wrestled on Monday Night Raw. And I believe that the match in all that was won by Braun Strowman, we'll uh, detail it a little more here, it was the longest match in WWE history. I think the previous record was 81 minutes. This match went for two hours. The first two hours of Monday Night Raw was a seven-man gauntlet match. The first two hours, the opening segment of Monday Night Raw went from 8 to 10 p.m. Oh, it was fantastic. I mean, every single match was different. Roman and Seth put on a clinic. I mean, those guys know each other so well. I mean, can we please get that WrestleMania triple threat match? It's the only triple threat match I want to see uh, headline WrestleMania is Roman, Seth, and Dean. Because all those guys, and I miss Dean, but this is about Seth and Roman, and those guys put on a show. Seth Rollins has showed why he is the ultimate worker on this roster and deserves a shot at Brock Lesnar. John Cena... He is just off right now, and his character is selling it as being off too, but he's off in the ring right now too. I don't know. He's He had some high moments last night, and he was in control for most of the night, and his offense looked great. Uh, he still refuses to pull on the STF, but I don't know. I, I'm really interested to see what happens with John Cena because I do not see him winning this Elimination Chamber match. But Seth Rollins, this match was all about Seth Rollins, and even though Elias got the W on him, that was perfect booking too. Elias gets a win over Seth Rollins, but Seth Rollins just wrestled for an hour, min- an hour, and eight, and blech, an hour and five minutes. I am stuck on that eight minutes, aren't I? God damn! But really impressive showing. Seth Rollins beats Roman Reigns, beats John Cena, Elias beats him. Finn comes in, beats Elias. Miz comes in and beats Finn. And when Miz realizes who he has to face after he beat Finn Balor, oh, that is just why the Miz is so good right now. I mean, he's selling Braun before Braun's music hits. And then they go all over the arena and just have some real fun with it. And Braun finally gets the win with the running power slam. And the crowd is just so into Braun right now, but... That's just this is crazy. Monday Night Raw usually opens with like a twenty-minute promo, and I know they've been changing it up as they've changed the graphics and they changed the presentation. They've changed the theme of the show, but this is like a whole whole new world. The opening segment and opening match goes for two hours. That takes some balls. And I made a joke on Twitter like, "Who's Tom Thibodeau or who's writing this Raw? Tom Thibodeau, the Chicago Bulls, Minnesota Timberwolves coach, known for running his players too hard." I mean, seriously. I urge you guys to go back into the Last So Brave and Court of Nerds archives and listen to my Elimination Chamber History podcast. I did that one about uh, two weeks ago, but uh, 
the elimination chamber is known without within the industry like real life within the industry it's just like a nightmare like the outside of the ring is literally steel it's a cage match but there's no outside of the ring there are glass pods if you take there's no give on steel like you're hitting steel when you get slammed onto steel <laughs> and to see seth go for more than an hour roman and john cena each go for more than 30 minutes and Ms. Balor and Elias and Strowman have actual normal length single matches. It's like nuts to me. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just really interested and curious how this conversation went on. If there was any talk like, man, should we run them this hard before we have our big pay-per-view to determine who goes to WrestleMania? Or was it, shit, let's see how over Seth is right now. So I think there could be a little of that because Seth Rollins is over. There could be a little something with Seth and Roman. You could sell me on Seth and John Cena. You could sell me on Seth and Brock Lesnar. You could sell me on Seth and Finn Balor. There's something there for him. He's going to have a big, high-profile match at WrestleMania. And last night, February 19th on Monday Night Raw, Seth Rollins proved that he was the worker, at least on the red brand, because you got AJ Styles and a couple other guys on that SmackDown brand. But Seth Rollins, people have been sleeping on him. He's been stuck in the tag team division since July in the same match and it was just really refreshing to get to see him do what he does in a singles match and what an episode of monday night raw seriously that was exciting props to them for just going balls to the wall all action fantastic fantastic gauntlet match smart booking maybe not smart in the sense that these guys got to go in a pretty physical match on sunday but these guys are in great shape i think the risk was worth it because it's got people talking it's got people talking about everyone in this match there were four great singles matches in that gauntlet match last night. and That was easily the greatest gauntlet match of all time, and that was easily the most interesting, most exciting, most action-packed episode of Monday Night Raw in history. And it just feels really refreshing when WWE takes a chance on itself because this is what can happen. And after this, we had a eh, Asuka segment that hurt her a lot. Uh, Renee did, I don't know, I just... Renee just did not help Asuka out in that interview segment at all, I felt like, and Asuka really stumbled with her words a couple of times, and Renee, I always, everything feels like a joke when Renee's involved, like, she's always laughing, she's always smiling, and yeah, it's great, I like her personality, and she's great on those kickoff panels, but we needed somebody else in that segment with Asuka, that didn't work right with me, it threw off, it just threw me off, like, it felt like a joke, Asuka messes up her line, and it looks like Renee's awkwardly laughing about it you know I know she wasn't but that's just the vibe I get and I just think uh that's something that they should look at they got to help Asuka if they're going to have her talk in English a language that she doesn't speak in you know give her an opportunity to get over but don't set her up for failure I'm really curious to see how they move forward with her in talking and speaking in English because last night didn't go very well and I think it was part interviewer I think it was part interviewee and I think it was part the subject you know what is she supposed to talk about? Oh, yeah, Nia Jax is big. She'll beat me up. Like, well, that's what they've been saying since Nia Jax had called on to the main roster. Like, what is she, what's Asuka supposed to say? Oh, I'm going to get beat up by Nia Jax. So, yep, she's big and tough, but nobody's ready for me. I don't know. It, it just felt like, like a, a nine-part question interview with Renee giggling. And I don't know. I don't know. I just got a bad vibe in that interview from everyone involved last night. It just didn't feel right. Um and I want Asuka to talk. I want, I've made it clear on this podcast, Asuka's my favorite thing in wrestling right now. She's a badass. She has an unmatched swagger that just is natural and just oozes out of her her work in the ring and her selling. And 
her versatility in there is just amazing to me. But um, I don't know. They I just felt like they didn't give, do it any favors last night. You know, I've been a fan of some of her promos, some of her vignettes. But that one last night was her worst since being on the main roster. I don't know what happened there. I think I think it was a little mixture of everything. We'll see what happens, though. I'm really excited. Um, I'm confused. As I said in the past, apparently Asuka picked the Raw champion because if Nia Jax wins, it's Asuka, Nia, and whoever wins the Raw chamber match, the Raw women's chamber match. So look out for that. The uh, Elimination Chamber is this Sunday. SmackDown is tonight, but hey, just preparing myself for the co-branded pay-per-views of not caring about SmackDown again. 